lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. Well, thanks for being with us today. We've got a really good show for, for you guys to listen to. And we're going to talk about listening quite a bit. I've got Adi Siegel, and he's the CEO of Hoppy. And it, Hoppy is a, a leader in providing companies, teams, and individuals with audio-only, non-clinical emotional support via active listening as a service. And so many people think that they're good listeners. And when you really understand what a good listener is, it's a skill. Hoppy's mission is to end loneliness, the the largest global pandemic, and create a world in which everyone feels they belong and have value. This Hoppy is doing this one-on-demand conversation at a time with its team of certified professional listeners. So, Adi, thanks for being with me today. Thanks so much for having me. So it's so interesting to me because listening is a skill. It truly is. And at the Brain Performance Center, we work with a lot of people with anxiety and depression. And sometimes, you know, communication services as an issue in both of those. And one of the things that I hear more oftentimes than not is that people, when we're talking about, you know, how they process information, my conclusion is they're really not listening. And I'll ask and I'll say, so do you think you're a good listener? And most of the people will say, yeah, they are. So what do you think about that? Well, uh, you know, I'm certainly not a good listener. It's a work in progress. Um, we, we work with some of the top listeners in the world as proclaimed by some international organizations as well as top researchers. Uh, They even run listening labs in various universities, and they will tell you, having spent over two decades studying this science, which is it's a science and an art, uh, that they're not good listeners and they're working on it. And anyone who tells you that they're a good listener is not a good listener because they, you know, they automatically think they are. And there's always space for us to learn. It's there are certainly skills around it. uh, And there's also the the emotional intention behind it as well. Well, and and you're right, because I have tried very hard to, of course, being a coach and a counselor, listening is a big part of what I do. And and so I put a lot of effort into it. But one of the things that I have found is, you know, people, if you're sitting across from them, you can use your facial expressions to let them know that you're really listening. And it, it that in itself I have found to be a good way for people to to know that I am listening. Yeah, so so body language, a lot of the research shows, is is super important. Uh, on our app in particular, we're actually audio only, as you mentioned earlier, and so there is no body language. And when you're really diving into the listening component, a lot of researchers actually believe that an audio only conversation without the distractions of someone's physical appearance can lead to deeper conversations. I will say that the jury is still out and lots of academics, including multiple partners that we work with, have debated this for, for years. And it can be proven on both sides. Some people say when it's just, say, a phone call, then 
it, it, you you end up listening more because you have no distractions. And others say you're not really able to read the full room and the full person when you can't see them. So tell us how Hoppy works. So Happy is an app that you download in either the Android or iOS store. Uh, we're available on both mobile systems. Uh, you, you come on and you create an account. We'll give you 15 minutes for free so you can really try it out. We are a platform where people come to speak their mind, uh, to potentially get advice, though our listeners don't give advice. So they're, not, they're, they're trained not to, though it's sometimes it's inevitable in conversation. And what people are doing is it's a space to truly, truly vent um, and truly work through uh, issues that you might be having in relationships, in your own life, at work, uh, or sometimes it's just having someone else there to chat with. And we see a full spectrum. We have people who come on to our platform and really want to work through, and, and this has been done successfully multiple times. People want to get out of an abusive relationship, and our listeners can help them with that. People, people want to change jobs. And so we talk through that. And sometimes people just say, I'm taking a walk around the block and I just want to be with someone. And, and our listeners are always there. So on the other side of the app, what you're finding are certified listeners who go through our academy, which is a robust curriculum based on research. Again, the art and science of listening as well as emotional intelligence. And they've been doing this for many years at this point. So they're highly experienced. They're there to listen, not to coach not to give advice, not to run a clinical pathway. They're, they are by definition non-clinical and not therapists and not psychologists or psychiatrists. And what we have found is that people get a lot of value and validation from simply just having a, a deep conversation with intentional deep listening. Well, I do know that during the pandemic, loneliness just swept in. And I was more concerned about people dying from loneliness than I was from COVID, to be honest, because there's nothing more hopeless when you just, you know, you don't feel like you can connect with anybody. And I think that you make a good point. Just having someone listen to you and pay attention to what you're saying, not judge, not criticize, just be there and listen can be very beneficial. Yeah, ab absolutely. I, I think we all get it and then we experience it and then you're sold on it. You know, one of the things that we see is that we have people coming back now to our platform uh, year after year, they are now sometimes in, call it a three and a half year audio only anonymous relationship with their listener or multiple listeners. And it, it is just this type of person that lives outside the rest of your life that you can just count on. And so, like you said, it can be, it can be really instrumental in one, your emotional wellness and two, potentially working through situations and solving problems. So we've talked about, I'm trying to figure out how personal is it? Do you do what I go by Lee? Would I say this is Lee that you're talking to or how does that work? You can, if you want, because uh, it would be very hard for them to find you. Uh, you're not supposed to disclose other personal identifiable information. Um, but a lot of people choose pseudonyms or what we call nicknames on the platform for their for their own safety or security from a perspective of not that it's a threat, but that they're really divulging their deepest, darkest secrets. Lee, one of the interesting things that we see 
compared to something like therapy, for example, is that people really uh, vent and, and almost dump out their deepest, darkest secrets right away. Uh, and, and, you know, I have this, call it a non-scientific hypothesis that when people are going into therapy, they assume that they're going to be in a long-term relationship with their therapist, and therefore they have a reputation to uphold. Now, this is funny because your therapist is supposed to be there for you and to hear anything and and just be that unwavering support and help you work through it. But you kind of think, well, are they judging me? What are they going to think of me? And oftentimes, especially pre-pandemic, it was in the same room face-to-face. Now, a lot of that has moved to, to teletherapy, but still, you're still looking at the person and you have to, so to speak, come and interact with them on a weekly or monthly basis. With our listeners, you don't see them and you never have to talk to them again if you don't want. And so people kind of come in and just what I call do a brain dump or an emotional dump, and then they are able to really open up and move on in the conversation. Well, you know, it's interesting because as a counselor, and a coach, I have to inform people, they have to sign an informed consent form that says, if you tell me that you're going to kill yourself or kill anybody else, I have to report that. And that's a legal, I I have to report that. So what happens if somebody is just venting and, and says something like that? What do you guys do with that information? Sure. So, you know, but like you said, legally, on our platform, we are not mandated reporters by state law, but we do take it extremely seriously. We've spent the last year really just working on trust and safety within the platform. And so all of our listeners are trained extremely well in crisis uh, mitigation. And I, I won't call it crisis management, but it is an intervention to the point where we will get them to the right resources right away. So we work with numerous organizations. Our, our top partners are the crisis text line, because you can do that at the same time while you're on an audio call. And there's less of a barrier. You know, if you tell someone to call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline or today, 988, you can end up on hold for over 20 minutes, which is exactly what you don't want when you're facing a personal crisis. So we get them to a crisis counselor right away through text message, and that seems to work quite well. Uh, And then if people are dealing with certain other issues, you know, sometimes we have teens call in and they're dealing with, say, um, LGBTQ issues. We want to get them to a very specific organization. So in that case, we send them to the Trevor Project, for example. And again, these are free and anonymous resources for them, too, uh, and, and much more the scope of their practice than our practice. So we take that very seriously. We don't hold things in and we get people to the right place immediately. Well, that's good to know, because certainly how you handle that information and knowing where to send people is just, to me, so important. And I think that a lot of times when people need help, they don't know who to call and they'll call 911 and they'll go into a dispatcher and which which is great if that's the right avenue to go in. And then sometimes the, the dispatcher will send a police officer and police officers are fabulous. But maybe that's not the what you really needed at that time. So the more options that people have and the more that they feel that they can just speak freely, I think that the, the more it improves everybody's mental health. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, Lee, I've been on the other side of that too. Um, as as an emergency responder, I've spent almost two decades 
as, as a volunteer EMT. And we're often called to psychiatric cases. And uh, at least in the state of New Jersey, for every EMS call, a police officer also has to respond. Um, and I, I often wonder what would happen if, if we weren't there, right? We don't carry weapons as EMTs um, or, or handcuffs for that matter. So we have a different way of dealing with people. But even even paramedics and EMTs aren't necessarily trained in mental health. Now there's things like mental health, uh, you know, mental, mental health first aid and, and things like that. Um, but these are tricky situations. Sometimes where, where you, you have to make sure that your own life is protected too. So it's really important in those emergency situations that first responders that will, one, I'll, I'll back up that our healthcare systems um, and public safety systems do provide the right responders for the right emergencies. Because like you said, they can be very troubling situations and often misinterpreted. So I think we've seen a nice change due to a lot of unfortunate events that have uh, uh, resulted in, in protest, unfortunately in deaths, which have then resulted in, in public protest. Um, but you, you point out a very important thing, which is we need to continuously change how we are responding to mental health emergencies. So how did you how did you start this business, Adi? I mean, what what motivated you? I I actually I did not I'm not the founder of the company. I joined as the CEO a year ago. It okay. basically started uh, as as an experiment by a few engineers actually in Silicon Valley who said, "Wow, this listening thing." could really go a long way for a lot of people. Uh, we, you know, we, we are folks who work in the sciences and we know about therapy and we have support networks, but we have found that just listening to one another, just creating these, these support groups where none of us are really licensed and we just sit and chat and vent um, is really powerful. So let's build an app around it naturally. Uh, and so they did that. And the timing was just right for the original team because they launched in October, 2019. Oh. And as, as you were mentioning, the pandemic then hit. And to be clear, uh, that would be COVID because as you also said, the largest pandemic that we actually face is loneliness in the world. So this was layered on top of one another. You can imagine what seclusion did to people, especially in the early days of COVID. Um, and so Happy became a tremendous resource for many people who were just Googling or they went onto the app store or they saw on social media, maybe an advertisement or someone else talking about it. And it really grew to the point where these folks said, you know what, we've taken it as far as we can from our engineering perspective. Let's hand it off to some folks who know about uh, mental health, about, about mental wellness and really building companies on the human to human level. And so that's where I came in and I've been doing this for over a year now. And it's been a tremendous journey um, I've been in the space of health tech a while, my entire career, actually. Uh, but this is something really special that really no one else is doing, which is listening as wellness. Um, and and I, I think there's so much more that we can be doing. And this is just the beginning of a, a massive global movement. So you to to be a listener, you have a program in place, correct? That's correct. It's, it's called the Atlantic Listening Academy, which is part of HAPPY. It's a separate academy. And we can talk more about why it's separate, uh, but all of our listeners have to go through that. It's a certification process. And how long does that take? So it's about, it's, it, it's a self-paced course. It's autonomous. You go online to this online course. 
And um, once you're registered, you can do it at, at your own pace. Uh, we have people who have gone through it in a few days and people who take a month to do it. I'll say this, if, if all of our videos in the, in the components were pa pasted together, it would probably be about an hour and a half feature length film. But we've really made them into small digestible segments with experiential assignments in between. Because as you know, from the work that you do, or if you've talked to anyone who uh, say is, is a clinician of any sort, it's the practicum, it's the residency, it's the actual doing where people learn it. And so we wanted to make sure that in between all of the lessons, you were able to practice the skills of listening and self-reflection and emotional wellness. I think that's great because you try it and you find what works for you best. You you develop your style. That's what all those internships do for you. It gives you a, a really a chance to explore. So I think it's great that you've included that into the curriculum. Yeah, you know, we have people who have taken it now. Some people are uh, actually professors of listening in various universities around the world. And they've written back afterwards and saying, this is incredible. I've been teaching this for 30 years. I've been teaching this for 10 years, whatever it is. And I've learned new things in your course. And one, one, you know, more than one person has told us, thanks to the activities that you had in the middle of the academy, I picked up a healthy habit that I hadn't done. In, in three decades of my life, you know, one, one professor of listening told us that she has this grand piano that's sitting in her living room. And, you know, she, she played as a child, but then really didn't touch it for many years. And through our course, where we encourage you to pick up something like a hobby you may have had in the past, she went and she played piano for the first time in many, many years. And it has, has since changed her life. And then we have, I'll tell you on the other side, um, coaches who have gone through this, that I, I have, you know, three or four certifications. I'm working with clients every day, and this is new stuff for me. So thank you for creating an amazing course like that. And directly within our app, we have our own listeners who were doing this before the certification existed, now completing the course. And they're saying, I am having better calls than I've had in the last three years because of the course that you made us go through. That's great. And I think that when you're when you're truly listening, you will hear things that otherwise just might be missed in a conversation. So absolutely. The app was created and the app was created to to address the big problem of loneliness. It was loneliness. It was a space for uh, uh, to vent. It was a space for uh, people to come together and feel like they have a sense of belonging. You know, the the Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, wrote a, a tremendous book about loneliness. Uh, he dedicated the last five years um, to studying this, or at this point, it's probably seven years. He was the Surgeon General under Obama. And then there were some years in between, as you probably know, uh, and that where he was really researching loneliness and rage and anger um, and then published this book and then came back as Surgeon General under Biden. Um, and this is one of their main missions as, as the White House, as a government right now is, is solving this problem. But anyway, his book he titled Together. I have a little issue with that 
it's not anything about the content in, in, inside. I think I think he did tremendous research and does offer some great solutions. But I think that together is a misnomer. Anyone who's suffered from any point of loneliness knows that you can be in an intimate relationship or you can be in the largest stadium in the world. Or, you know, I just got back from a conference yesterday. You can be in a massive conference hall and still feel lonely. So it's not about being together. I really believe that it's about building a sense of belonging and community between one another. And that's what we strive to do on a daily basis in our app. So the, the, the listeners, are they, their job is to purely listen, correct? That is their job. I will say that just like any clinician or practitioner, everyone has their own flavor of that, but they are trained just to listen. They are not trained to coach, or in, in fact, they're told this is not coaching. This is certainly not therapy. Um, and even advice is, is not what we're supposed to be doing. However, through inquisitive questioning and through the discussion process and listening, you can help people solve their own problems and their own issues that they're dealing with. I agree with that. Many times people know the answers to their problems. They just need to process, to talk about it and, and think through it. So I, I agree with that. Exactly. What are the challenges that you have that the company has found or have there been any challenges with people using the app? In terms of actually using the app, we don't have a lot of challenges. Um, what I will say is one of the things that we see when people find us, you know, we're the number one search result if you put loneliness into the app store right now is that they think it's a great concept and they're really attracted to it, which is why they found us searching for it. But then they kind of get cold feet. They, we call it stranger danger, where they feel that they, they wanted to vent, they wanted to talk to someone, but that when they realize that it's gonna be a live human that they don't know, it's all of a sudden they don't place the call. Or more likely what we see is they place the call and then they don't go through with it. It's almost like a ding dong ditch, right? Um, and so we're working on ways to really help people ease in to the app. That would be one thing. The other big thing is simply not enough people know about it. You know, we, we are an early company. We have a lot of impact on the people who use it. Um, but we need, we need to get the word out, which is why we're having conversations like today, quite frankly, because you find interesting people on your show and you try to share it with the world. And so we're, we are so grateful for that, Lee. Thank you. Um, and the third one which is the biggest one that actually comes up most often, even in conversation when I'm presenting or at conferences, is uh, working with youth, teens, and young adults, uh, folks under the age of 18, and that's just a proxy for people without credit cards. And we are a paid service. We're not a nonprofit. We see a lot of incoming traffic from, from people who want to discuss what's going on in their young lives. Um, and then they reach the 15-minute trial, the end of that, and they, they have no way of paying to continue. We try to get them within that 15 minutes, if they really can't pay for something, to the appropriate resource, especially if they're struggling with something. But what this has proven is that happy and active listening can be a tremendous resource to, to young people. And what, the message we want to get out there to parents 
is stop playing for brain mush like video games and start investing in mental wellness for your children. And Happy is there to support them in a very trustworthy way. Well, I certainly support that message wholeheartedly. It's mental health is brain health. And that's the one thing that people don't understand. The brain is an organ just like the heart, just like the skin. The skin is the largest organ you have. And when you think about, you know, women in particular, and, and me included, I have a great root, routine and regimen that I use for my skin in the morning and in the evening. And I always ask people, how much, you know, how much time do you spend on your brain? It's it's just something that we're not understanding is that mental health is brain health. So we've got about three minutes left. What would you like the takeaways for our listeners to be from the first part of our show? Number one, just try listening. It's going to be awkward at first. I would say just even try talking to a stranger. It's one of the great experiments that we run in our academy is going out there and talking to other people who you don't know. It's the classic, you know, airplane conversation, right? You sit next to someone for three hours and then you have a lovely conversation for the two minutes that you're on the tarmac after you land, right? It's like, wow, we could have discussed so much more had we opened up during the flight. Um, and, and you're incredibly um, excited about that conversation when you leave often, or at least it was pleasant, right? People are surprised and the research supports this about how enjoyable talking to a stranger might be. That will give you a lot of practice. So we really just want people to try that. And then, you know, number two is come and join us on the Happy App and we, we would love to listen to you. Well, that's that's great. And, you know, I think you're right. People, I love that you give a 15 minute free introduction because I'm if I don't try it, I don't know if it's for me or not. I ha I mean, I I have to stick my toe in the water. I have to you know see. Do I do I enjoy this? Did I really was it worth my time and energy? And so I love that you offer that opportunity. Because when I think about everything, and I think about a lot of the younger people that we work with at the Brain Performance Center, and they oftentimes feel left out. They oftentimes, and particularly certain populations, they feel like that they're not heard, that they're not valued, that nobody really wants to listen to, to their values and their beliefs. And at that point in time, it is so critical for someone to just be able to say, let me tell you what's really, really, really important to me and to have somebody really listen. Because more times than not, I'll have parents say, oh, here we go again, you know, talking about the same old stuff. So I think that the information you've left us with before we go to break is really helpful. And for all of those that are out there, I hope you'll stay with us. We'll come back from break and we'll learn a little bit more about what are the benefits of listening and how can everybody experience those benefits? Because I do believe, as does Audie, we all can. We'll be back after these messages.
always look forward to Shark Week on the Discovery Channel. The Sharkarazi will be in full force taking photos. And no baby sharks or pups are injured in the making of the broadcast. Here are a few bite-sized facts about sharks. Sharks never run out of teeth. If they lose one, another spins forward from rows and rows of back teeth. A shark may lose up to 20,000 teeth in a lifetime. Shark Week's famous shark attraction bait are called chumsicles. Those are the four-ton frozen masses made up of fish carcasses. There only needs to be one part per million of blood in the water for a shark to be able to detect it. What's the word for the fear of sharks? Salatophobia. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. come back. I've got Adi Siegel and we've been talking about listening and the benefits of listening and how you experience those are something that, you know, maybe we haven't stopped. You haven't stopped and thought about Adi. What are some of the benefits of truly listening? The biggest benefit is quite frankly, um, having the other person feel heard. And when someone else feels heard, it really opens up the relationship. Uh, there's some research coming out from one of our academic partners over the summer where they've done a meta-analysis of listening research around the world uh, in various settings. And what they showed is that of all the things that we think of when it comes to listening, it could be feeling better, it could be stronger uh, bonds, it it could it could simply be the fact that you've vented um, or, you know, in the case of actually listening, it, you know, it, it could be that you feel that you're helping someone else. The biggest thing that people get out of strong, deep listening is forming a closer connection with someone else. And the importance of that obviously is in your own life when when you and your partner and your kids and your and your friends can feel closer together. You can live a healthier, happier life. Uh, and then, of course, it relates directly to, to business as well, which, which we can talk about later. Um, but listening across the board should strengthen you as, as a human, as a partner, and as a professional. And it, so, I mean, I hear my in my mind going, this sounds great. So how long each day, I mean, should people set aside a certain amount of time each day and just listen? I have not seen any data around, you know, time dedication to it. I will say that a lot of the research shows that a quality conversation where you've created what the research calls a dyadic relationship, a dyad between two people, should be between 27 and 30 minutes. Basically, under that, you're not going to get the full, the, the full effects of the conversation or the full outcomes. And longer than that, while it can be okay, at some point you often see people perseverate and they begin to talk about the same things or they talk in circles. And so 
having those conversations restricted to time could be healthy. Um, there could be more research on that too, but that's the only time segment that I've, that I've seen in terms of the, the, the science behind it. Well, it's interesting because you've mentioned different partnerships that you have uh, in the academic world. Or do you have partnerships in the business world as well? Yeah, we certainly do. We don't um, always talk about uh, or can talk about our, our exact uh, customers and business partnerships. Uh, but what I what I can tell you is that we have found major applications for both our Listening Academy as well as our emotional support app in the business world. And the reason for that is because anybody and everybody can and should be a better listener. And that includes everyone from your garbage collector up to the CEO. Everyone can be a better listener. And the reason for that is because it improves company culture. It, it increases employee retention and for that matter, recruitment. And most importantly, in every business, being a better listener drives the bottom line. And this goes back to the research that I was just telling you. The research that I mentioned about forming stronger connections comes out of the business department. Uh, and this is one of our academic partners over at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, um, in Israel. And what they have found through a series of experiments, as well as a meta-analysis, is that when you form those stronger connections through listening, you actually have greater business outcomes and you're driving the bottom line. And that's the biggest point. There's some other companies out there who use AI to measure sales conversations. And one of them found in actually in their AI listening to conversations or, or analyzing them afterwards that folks who listened more than they talked on a sales conversation. So that is to say, contrary to popular belief, stop selling. People who listened more to their prospective customers actually sold. 120% above their quota. Wow, that's a substantial amount more. Yeah. Mhm. That that's really an interesting point because you know when you said that I'm thinking it makes sense because if I want to really sell something to you, I need to understand what your needs are. I need to understand how you're going to use it. I need to understand what it means to you. That, that's exactly right. To the point where, Lee, uh, th th some of the same research, related research actually, it has showed that sales reps that used slides in their first discovery call actually sold 17% less. They had a 17% lower likelihood of getting a follow-up call by coming in, you know, blazing with a pitch and a deck and something they wanted to tell the other person. But it turns out that most buyers, most prospective customers want to be heard. And so if you can train your sales team, if you can even train your CEO to listen more, you will ultimately drive more business. That's an interesting thought. It really is because, you know, and a lot of that listening is how we process information. And that has a lot to do with what's going on in the brain. And I always tell people, you know, they say they have communication issues that somebody doesn't know how to communicate. And I'm like, I don't I don't think you're right. I think that, you know, that person's mm. brain processes information in a different way. And that's what they react to. So, I mean, just the whole listening 
world. There's so many different levels that you could dive into. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And when you say process in a different way, uh, you might be used to this, uh, first being a coach and also hanging out in in the media world a little bit. Um, People often interrupt you before you finish speaking. And when you learn, you know, making a radio show or podcasting, you you kind of wait for that silence because you want to make sure the other person has finished. But we don't do that in normal conversation. And so what you end up doing is while you think that you are being more engaging by adding something that you know about what the other person is saying, what you're actually doing is cutting them off. What, what we should be doing, and this is a skill that we really do teach and emphasize in the academy, is learning to listen to understand. And when you listen to understand, you have a much more fruitful conversation. That's a good way to put it, actually. Listen to understand and not not listen to, you know, for any other reason, but just to understand. Have you, is this done um, internationally? Do you have listeners that speak different languages? We're still pretty early in that. We are available internationally. And because this was available before and during the pandemic, as you can imagine, people have moved all over the place. So we now, which is really nice for our kind of time zone coverage, we have listeners all around the world and callers, customers who have found us around the world. One of the really interesting applications of Happy is what I would call cultural exchange, where people are actually in a different country. Maybe they started here in the States, their job, a relationship, something brought them to a foreign place. And they call into our app, we've heard this from customers, just to hear someone who sounds like them. They spend their entire day code switching. They spend their entire day pretty much, and if you speak another language or a little bit of one and then travel to a country where that's happening, you know that your brain is working so much harder to translate all the time. And so you can imagine that sometimes if you're in a faraway land, you just want to have a, a simple English conversation. So that's one of the reasons why people use us. Now, on the question of do we have people speaking different languages, a lot of our listeners speak multiple languages, and we have, in recent months, encouraged them to indicate what languages they speak so that the callers can find the appropriate language. Um, We do not yet offer the actual app or even filtering for listener based on conversation. But through our search feature, you can see, you know, if someone puts the flag of a certain country, that they speak that language. So everything is done through the app, correct? Yeah, on, on the on the emotional support side, yes. And the academy is online through through an online learning platform. Okay. So someone that might be interested, they go into their little app store and they would look, they would just Google HAPI. Yep, you can go to happy.com, HAPI.com. And those have links to everything. You can find the link to our our Android apps, our iOS app, as well as the Academy can all be found there. Uh, Also, if you're on your mobile device, just go into the App Store and put in HAPI in either the Google Play Store or Apple App Store, and you'll find our app. Great. That's just because it sounds like it's so easy to access. And that in itself, I think, is very 
very helpful for a lot of people that don't have the same, you know, that don't have immediate access to everything all the time. Exactly. The the barrier to entry is much lower than other uh, emotional support platforms or therapy for that matter. So how much listening have you guys done? We have listened to over 1.5 million minutes of conversation. (laughs) Wow. That's a lot of listening. That's a lot of listening. That's correct. Yeah. And it just keeps growing every day. More and more people call in. Um, and what the most amazing thing is to see our, our customers, our talkers really dedicated to this over time and their time on the platform, you know, some apps, people use it, use it, use it, and then leave and you never see them again. People's time tends to grow on our platform because they are obsessed with our offering and it becomes part of their life. I think so many places that that this could be so beneficial. I mean, I think in retirement homes, I, I mean, it's just in institutions and oh, there's so many different kinds of institutions. Is this the the goal just to reach the general public? No, actually, our main effort now, while we are direct to consumer and we will continue to grow that way, our main effort is to build partnerships with other organizations. So if there are people listening who run organizations or senior communities or schools um, or, you know, even uh, programs for folks with intellectual disabilities, we are branching out into all of those places. The other thing I'll point out, Lee, is that what we offer, we, we never claim to be therapy or mental health. What we are offering, as, as one of our clinical advisors referred to it, is adjunctive care. We are in addition to. And so that means that we are always available for that time when your therapist is not there. So therapy and happy are not mutually exclusive. And we want to be very clear about that. We are not replacing therapists. It's just that we are in this country where there's a 48% mental health care gap, an unmet need. And there's no way we could train enough clinicians in the next 10 to 20 years to meet that need as the need continues to grow. And so we need other ways of serving the population, everyone on a human to human basis. And our certified listeners do that very well. And it's a very scalable solution in any community. So if anyone's running communities or even behavioral health networks where you're looking to fill some of the gap, because as you know, many folks in therapy don't actually need to be in therapy. They just need someone to talk to. We're here to work with you. That's good. To, that's good to know, because I do think that the more resources that we make available, I think it most of the problems that we have, even the physical diseases, those are caused by the unhealthy brains. I truly do. Yeah. I mean, when you look at that and I think the more resources that we have to offer people to help them just process what's going on, if they're, you know, because life's got a lot of ups and downs and sometimes you don't you shouldn't talk to your partner or your spouse or your parents. You should talk to somebody that's outside of your realm so that they can just listen. Mm. So it's interesting you said shouldn't. I would say you you can't, whereas if we all lived in healthy, listening, transparent relationships, we'd be able to. But most of us, I would say all of us, are probably not in the perfect relationship just because we're humans, whether it's, you know, perfect relationship with your, with your partners at work or with your partners at home. Um, and therefore we do need these other outlets. 
over time, hopefully we can train enough people to be in these health, healthy listening relationships where you do feel comfortable having these conversations with your closest people in your life. Well, to a certain degree, yes, but you need the closest people in your life. You know, my husband needs to be my husband. And mm-hmm, my, mm-hmm. my sons need to be my sons that, you know, I think that there's certainly and I, and I am able to talk with them very openly. But the bottom line is, is that I my relationship with them, my role with them, I kind of I believe everybody kind of needs to protect that and keep that because they can't tell you how many people that will come in and they'll say, my partner is so tired of listening to me talk about the same thing. And my response to that is, well, then why don't you stop? Find somebody else mm. to talk about, you know, to, to talk to about it. So I do agree with you that the more options that we have, the more, the better it is. And this is very affordable. A lot of people cannot afford therapy. So what would it, let's talk about cost, because I think it's very affordable. Sure. Right now, I will say this. We have, you know, similar to things like, you know, Uber or Airbnb, we have dynamic pricing based on on where you live uh, and the demand at the time. But by and large, most people can expect to, to pay about $36 an hour and you buy it an hour. So once you buy it at, at that price, you have that time forever and then you spend it down. So you have this wallet where if you have an on-demand call, the clock just ticks up. And, 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 and debits it from your account based on the minute. If you have a reserved call, so you can reserve and schedule a call with a listener that you like, um, that is a reservation and we take, you know, that's debited right away because you're reserving that person's time. But otherwise, it's, uh, it's by the minute. And so again, the, the price that most people, and again, it, it's important that we say that based on date and time that we're speaking right now, the, the price is $36 an hour by and large. So that's that's good for our listeners to know. So can anybody become a happy listener? Yeah, uh, you know, you have to go through our academy. Uh, but once you go through our academy, there is a fairly long wait list right now of people who have been excited about this for many years. And so we as as supply or I should say as demand meets supply, we introduce new new listeners to the network. So like. This month, um, we have invited 10 more of our certified listeners into the platform as, as listeners because we really want to maintain the quality. And the only way to do that is to know at this point exactly every listener. You see companies that scale way too quickly and things go out of control and you lose quality and trust very quickly. We want to maintain that. So first, you have to go through the Atlantic Listening Academy, get certified, and then you join our listener community. And then from there, you will get a, essentially a go live date with, with a cohort that you're part of. So there is a process that you go through. Absolutely. We don't just throw people onto the platform. Anyone who comes as a customer should understand that their listeners have a lot of experience and training by the time that you're talking to them. And I think that would make me feel more comfortable if I was going to call someone and, and, that I don't know and talk about whatever I want, then I would like to know that they're prepared and that they, they know how to deal with it. Cause it's interesting. You know, what if you get somebody 
that's a narcissist. They're very difficult to talk to. On, on which side, as the customer or as the listener? Well, as the customer. I mean, for the that the listener needs to listen to, because I've worked with uh, clients that that narcissism has really ruined their relationships. And I think I would be a hard, I think I'd have a hard time being a good listener. Well, we're, you know, the first thing is we're not in the business of diagnosing. So good point. Um, so, <laughs> so we wouldn't label them as a narcissist, but even narcissists need someone to listen to. You know, I, I would say that a lot of the issues that we are having and seeing in society right now from the rift of call it blue and red or various states from one another are really misunderstandings because we're not listening to each other. A lot of these movements might be driven by narcissists, right? Um, and people don't feel heard. So if we can get to a point in our country and in society where everyone feels heard, I think we could actually make a lot more societal progress where everyone is getting their needs met as well. So that is to say, if, you, if we have a listener who is encountering a, a, a talker like that, our job is just to be there. If they want to keep going on and on and on, we have some very patient listeners. We've had people who have stayed on calls for four hours, eight hours, I think one for wow. like 10 hours straight. Yep. Um, and so, you know, what ends up happening, Lee, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, is that often, almost halfway through, especially the longer calls, the, the roles flip. And the person who's been talking, all of a sudden, I don't know if they get exhausted, but they become the listener. And the listener becomes a talker for a little bit, and it feels good for everyone. You do get a lot of great relief and a lot of satisfaction from being the listener. And so I think people who are calling in sometimes just want to play that role, and that's okay too. I think that you make some really good points and there's been so many before our conversation, I just Googled listening research and there's been so much research done around listening that it certainly, I think is making, it's time for it to arrive. And, and as you mentioned earlier in a business arena, because we've got about, you know, five minutes left. So let's take most of that and let's focus that on what the results would be for people in an business environment if they upped their game with listening? Yeah, I would say the number one thing is job satisfaction. You become a better listener, you're going to be more satisfied with your work. Most importantly, though, even on top of that, right, that's the feeling part of it, is the financial. We have jobs because we need to, because we live in a capitalist society, which means that uh, money counts for something. And therefore, Time and again, the research has shown, and we have proven it even in our own business, that the more you listen, the more money you make. And this is very clear. There's, there's research about more generous people actually making more money. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think at some point, you know, when you get to the uber, uber, uber wealthy, you know, top one, you know, 0.001% of society, um, the people sometimes hitting the, the, uh, the headlines that might change a little bit in terms of how they think about humans and society. But by and large, the people who are most successful tend to be very generous, generous with their time, generous with other people. And listening plays a, a large role in that. 
And so we want people to listen and learn how to listen, go through our academy, put your teams through our academy. So folks have better job satisfaction. There's stronger company culture. Imagine a world where your workplace, whether it's virtual or in person, becomes a place of healing because you have the emotional support that you need at work, as opposed to detrimental part of your life. And so when you focus on all of those things, you end up driving the bottom line. You end up increasing the revenue of your company. And so the message to all business owners and all team leaders is train your teams, bring them to our, our academy. Uh, we run both the asynchronous self-paced courses as well as expert-led seminars. It's part of it because like we said, you have to, you have to learn by doing. And so we do that with teams in the corporate level. And then most importantly, over time, the Happy app is an offering that you provide to your teams and your employees so that they always have an emotional outlet so that they can be stronger at work. Oh, that's that's a good for people to know and to understand. The, you mentioned the Happy HAPI website that's out there. If we've got about three minutes left and if our listeners want to learn more, how do they reach out? Do you have a website? Do you have a Facebook? How do they reach out? Uh, I know you have a website. Media. Yeah, so you can you can find us on the website. You can email us at hello at happy.com, hello at hapi.com. You can find us on all social media at happy app. Uh, and you can find me. I'm, I'm always happy to take questions and chat with people on LinkedIn is where I spend most of my time. Uh, you just look up uh, A-D-I-S-E-G-A-L uh, or just Adi and you look up happy and you'll find me. I actually do daily posts and I call them my happy moments. They're not always so happy. You know, over the last couple of days I was talking, unfortunately, about um, the, the, the gun violence and school shootings. I happened to be in Nashville the day of the shooting. Um, and so that's been on my mind a lot. But um, I really view while we have a gun problem in America, we also have a listening problem. And I think those two can go hand in hand in solving some of the violence issues that we have in this country. I think that's a a good, really good point. And I think that when I think back about what we've talked about on the show and what I've learned in my professional training and in everyday life, that most times if we will just stop, slow down, let people say what they want to say completely. You mentioned being interrupted, and that's a lot of people that that they just shut down. If if they're not heard, they shut down. So my takeaways for our listeners out there would be, you know, try it. Maybe you're not ready to get the app, but try it. Try it in the next conversation that you have and see how much better you feel after that conversation and ask the other person How do they feel after the conversation? Because I really do believe that good communication, it makes it makes everybody involved in the process feel better about it. There's there's just no doubt about that. Adi, I can't thank you enough for spending time with us today. I appreciate what you've shared and I look forward to hearing more in the future. Thanks so much, Lee. It has been a pleasure to chat with you, and I also look forward to our next conversation. And for our listeners, give it a try. You have nothing to lose.
Richardson and the Brain Performance Center, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play, Toginet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and thebrainperformancecenter.com. 